shows every Sunday. What up, everybody? This your boy B Rob, and I am back in the H Town with another edition of the Random Realms with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or have you listen to podcast. If you're a first time listener, I'd like to thank you oh so much for giving my show a try. And if anybody recommended you to me, go ahead and give that person a crisp high five. But if you still want to be socially cautious and you don't want to put flesh to flesh to a complete stranger or somebody that you don't know uh, like that, pick up your cellular phone or whatever other mobile device that you check your social media on and send that person a well-crafted DM using your favorite app of choice. And in that DM, you tell them, thank you for recommending you to me. Speaking of social media, you can find the Random Rhymes with Rob on various social media platforms to include Twitter at 3R Show, Instagram at The 3R Show, YouTube, you can find uh, interviews that I've done all over the place if you search for 3R Show. Um, I got content on Facebook Gaming and Twitch.tv. Just look for 3R Show on both of those platforms. And for anything that I may have forgotten to mention and including ways to help support the show via merchandise and other means, you can go to randomrob.com. That's randomrob.com. And while you're on randomrob.com perusing the fabulous merchandise, you know, which some of it I have right next to me now. I know you can't see it, but you can find my sponsor. Sponsoring the show, we have Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. Go to hooksrub.com and you can get 15% off your order when you order an array of fabulous rubs and spices for your meats, vegetables, and other. What that other thing is, I don't know, but that's for you to find out. Put all this hooks, rubs, and spices all over your other. <laughs> and like I said, you can get 15% off your order if you use promo code random. Random, 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 random. All right. So, got all the business out of the way. I just celebrated my 13-year anniversary with Mrs. B-Rob. That's why this episode is, uh, I guess you could say, late. But if you listen to it at your leisure, you may not listen to it on this release date or however you listen to podcasts. I say it in the intro. But um, as I sit in front of this microphone, it is Monday evening. Monday Night Raw is already 30 minutes in and I am not watching it because I'm sitting here talking into your ear holes right now. And I just want to kind of wrap up what the weekend was like and everything. It was pretty exciting. It had some drama in the beginning, which I'll get into. But um, my 13 year anniversary was yesterday, September 19th, uh, 13 years ago in 2008. Me and Miss B-Rob went to the mall. And we hit up one of those jury kiosk, kiosk, and uh, we got two little Millie Mouth ass rings, and we went to the Justice of the Peace in Savannah, Georgia, and we held hands while this old white man uh, said said the things and the words. We said, I do. We kissed in the courthouse, and we was married. I think we went to the movies after that, or we went to the movies beforehand. No, it had to be after the fact, I think. No, 
No, no. You know, my memory is fucked up anyway. But it was before we went to the courthouse because we went to the, we went places, we went to the movies, we came back, and we had the conversation, and we just kind of, kind of decided, like right then and there, to like just go get married. <laughs> so we we went to the mall, got the rings from the little, the homeboy kiosk, and mine was too big, hers was too small, I think. But we made it work. We just kind of held them in place when we held hands, and shit. And uh, we got married thirteen years ago. Fucking crazy to think about, cause I almost didn't make it, <laughs> right, right off the bat, and everything. And I kind of wish Miss B Rob was here, because to me the anniversary is not concluded until I give her this final token of my appreciation, which sits to the left of me right now. So, you know. Since we're recording, she's not even at home right now. She's out at the store buying groceries and doing other wifely things. So if she comes home while I'm talking, I'm a calling. I'm a text. I'm a caller in here. So you're going to hear her genuine reaction to the last gift that I give her, you know, in this recording. So I think that would be a cool little treat. I thought about that just a couple seconds ago. So I'll talk for time. I'll stall <laughs> until she gets home. And I can call in here and I can give it a thing. Y'all can hear her reaction. So what do you do for 13 years? Well, you know, the in celebration of. I got the idea because I've said it many a times on this show. My wife loves and adores. professional wrestling you know I've, I've had that conversation a while back to where like i think i like wrestling you know i i thoroughly enjoy it i'll pay money to go see a show i have flown places to go see wrestling shows but even though i say i like professional wrestling and i've done those things i've seen people who love professional wrestling and they have been above and beyond the things that i just mentioned they tattoos spending their food money their last to for meet and greets and all kinds of other shenanigans but anyway my wife loves this man that died way before she was born and still has an impact on the martial arts and film industry till this day she has a fascination enough a love for this man that is so strong that that she has the biggest smile on her face just at a glimpse of an image of him, you know, the mere mention of him garners a smile and just being presented with memorabilia and items in his likeness and image. A pure and genuine reaction. So with that knowledge in hand that I've accumulated over the past 13 years, um, many moons back, I think maybe four or five years ago, the seed was planted. I forgot what was going on or how it even got there. But she made the mention of, uh, or I even brought it up or something, that she would fall to pieces 
if he uh, was ever to go visit his grave site. So then and there, you know, I, I looked it up. Simple Google search, you know, and just think back a couple seconds and go to, a, you know, the love that she has for this individual. So I do a quick Google search. He was born here in America, in San Francisco, I believe, you know, and this is a guy that has a hard time remembering things. And I, I kind of remember that. So if I'm misquoting it, feel free to slay me online or wherever. Uh, he was born here in San Francisco and, you know, he went back to China. And, you know, that's when he got his acclaim. He came back here. He met his wife somewhere in, in there. And she is from Seattle, Washington. So Bruce Lee is buried and his son, Brandon Lee. She thought he was buried in Hong Kong, China somewhere. And she thought that was nothing, you know, in her immediate lifetime that she was going to be able to do to go to China and view his gravesite. So with my knowledge that I've acquired through the Google machine, um, I started plotting and scheming on how I was going to make this come to fruition. So the years would pass after that to where I would always plant the seed. I would always put the notion out there that I want to go to Seattle, Washington. I never I never gave a clear reason why I wanted to go there other than I just want to go there. I've never been. I want to cross it off my bucket list to say that I've been to Seattle, Washington. Hey, I like Sean Kemp. Let's go. They got a Supersonics Museum there or something. I know they sell the jerseys. I can go there and get an authentic one. You know, just making up all kind of random shit as I do. And, oh, I hear a car pulling up. So you're going to get the reaction here in a couple seconds. But just, I'm just throwing all kinds of Seattle things out there. I was like, you know, isn't that where they filmed one of our favorite TV shows? Uh, You know, it, does it really rain there like on TV, like the Twilight movie and shit? It's just always gloomy and muggy. And I can vouch for that, that it is kind of, <laughs> it kind of is. But I'll get into more of that in a little bit. But um, yeah, so over the past four or however many years since she made the comment, I've been trying to figure out how we're going to get to Seattle. Um, it was kind of harder because the oldest child graduated. And then it was just my son and younger daughter. So if the older daughter was still here, she could have been here while we just went out there, pop, pop, came back, just, you know, had a little weekend of it and came back. And so once she graduated and left the house, it was increasingly harder to try to plan that trip for four people. But then my son graduated and then he moved out of the house. And once again, that was uh, his challenges and everything. So, hold on. Here we go. Hey. Baby. Robin. Can you hear me? Robin, come here. 
Come hither. How was the work? Good. I have something for you. For your desk. And I have that for your office. Oh. Over there. On the table. To your left. So that's for your desk, and that's for your office. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. You also have another one like this on your shrine up there. <laughs> See, he calls it shrine too. Daryl approves. Um, you also, is there a blue envelope in that chair? Yes, it's Walmart. Yeah, get that. I forgot I did this one too, but I didn't get a frame for it, so I can get one. Okay. So you can get one for that later. That's another picture in there. It's not this one, it's the other one. Yeah, it's that one. What you thought it was? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I, like this. I, I wouldn't do that. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not even going to post the video unless you give me permission to. So, okay, I got permission. I got permission. You were recording me saying thank you. Yes. Fuck. It's part of the show. Thank you. You can post it because it was really sweet. Although I'm making ugly cry faces, but it's okay. Yeah, I already explained the passion. Yep. You did. Yes. I you don't have to listen to it. <laughs> I don't know how well that came through, but there you go. So what it was, I'll get to it and I can explain to you what I gave to her and I, I kind of lost my spot because I was so excited to have her here and give it to her and whatnot <laughs> giggity but I, I, I laid the seeds I kept throwing it out there Seattle Seattle I want to go to Seattle so it got to the point to where she already knew that you know if we was planning a trip it was going to be something you know we're going to have to try to go to Seattle didn't really fully grasp why I wanted to go there. She just knew I wanted to go there and everything. So now reason why I'm doing a lot of these solo episodes is I, I got put into a detail for my job that was significantly more hours and it was overnight. So I had all these hours, all this extra pay. So I had extra money. And I was saving up, saving up, saving up, you know, just in case and everything. And then it just boom, it all hit me at once. Motherfucker, you got the money to go take you to Seattle now. You can go give her the thing that you wanted to give her for so many years now because you got the, the money and everything. And you can just put in for the time to be off and you can go do the thing. I was like, yes, I could do this. So I start plotting. 
did the math and everything for two adults and one <laughs> child to go on a voyage via the air to Seattle, Washington to do the shenanigans and things. So I was able to pay for the round trip tickets. I was able to pay for the lodging, the rental car, and then have money to spend on shenanigans once we got there. So our anniversary coming up, and I was like, that 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 would be the best time to do it. Because not only is our anniversary on the 19th of September, three days prior, September 16th, is her birthday. So her birthday, the 16th, our anniversary, the 19th, by design, so I wouldn't forget. And um, cut down on presents. So it's like a birthversary <laughs> or anniversary or whatever the fuck you want to call it. So... Nah, it wasn't planned that way. It just kind of happened to fall that way because we got married spur the moment. But so that's when I pulled the trigger. I was like, all right, I'm going to get the plane tickets for us. I went on Airbnb because we went to Virginia for the 4th of July and she booked us a fabulous Airbnb. It was a whole fucking house. You know, I mean, like three rooms, master bathroom, half bathroom, Washer dryer, kitchen, living room, fucking back patio. She got us a house on Airbnb to stay in. And it was cheaper than it would have been for a hotel. So I followed suit when I booked everything for this Seattle trip. I got the plane tickets. Then I went on Airbnb. And this could have been me just being overzealous and excited and just, you know, because the plane tickets were surprisingly cheaper than I previously priced. And I believe that was because it was pre-COVID when I was looking into this initially. So kind of mid-post-COVID, flights wind up being cheaper and everything. So I was like, oh, man, I'm saving money on these flights. And I like, I can kind of put a little more money into the Airbnb. And... um. So I found one, and like I said, I was just being overzealous and everything and excited about what I was being able to do and whatnot that I kind of, matter of fact, I, I'm going I'm to I'm go back, not right now, and pull up the listing and everything, but it was an Airbnb close to the, tran- it was like close to a transit hub because if you go to Seattle, they lean into their public transportation, and this is a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's a good thing. There's trains everywhere there's freaking buses there's fucking trolleys there's everything to get you to where you need to go and their freaking traffic is like i can't even call that traffic because like here in houston texas when you say traffic you mean bumper to bumper your ass is sitting still and you're not moving anywhere that's what i associate the word traffic with when you say traffic in seattle washington it's just a mild inconvenience because if I'm in Houston, Texas, and I pull up Google Maps and I'm looking for a place or Apple Maps or whatever you use, and my destination is 30 minutes away, depending on what time of the day is and what route I had to take, that 30 minutes can easily turn into an hour or more. Like I said, depending on time of the day. But in Seattle, Washington, if I pull up the Google Map or whatever, and it says my destination is 24 minutes away with traffic it'll be 30 minutes away it's just a mild inconvenience 
So there it is. That that's what you call traffic in Seattle. But it's just the 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 roads there are different. They're narrower and it's just like it's they have dedicated lanes for the buses and bikes and all this other stuff. It's made for mass transit. So it makes you want to be like, man, this road is all narrow and all this is it's nerve wracking to kind of drive at first those first couple of days. So it, it makes you want to use the public transportation, which is bomb ass from what I've seen of it. So get the Airbnb, looking at the pictures and everything, sliding through, swiping left, swiping right and everything. I was like, oh, man, this looks good. It's close to a major transportation hub. Um, I, I, I slid the iPad over to the wife. I was like, what you think of this? She's like, oh, this is good because it's just me, her, and the young child. So there was a bed where, from the pictures, it looked like a bedroom with a bed in it for us. And then there was the living room area with a pullout couch with a bed in it. You know how that works. So that was great for the three of us. So the pictures made it seem like these beds were in separate rooms. This bed and this couch in the living room area, they made it seem like it was all separated. But when we got there in person, it was just all one studio room and everything, and it was not separated. It was like you fold out that couch, you had to move the table, and you probably had to push it away from the bed because it was that kind of close and everything. But I didn't know that until we actually got there and got to see it in person. Here's the interesting wrinkle by me saying that it gets closer and closer to the time of us getting ready to leave Houston to go to Seattle and I was like this is 13 years I'm about to pull off this big thing for my wife and everything and this is going to be like a memorable moment you know I don't remember a lot of shit but I'm always remember this shit so I was like you know what my son just graduated my oldest child has been out of the house for a while. She's kicking ass. And, you know, they're both doing good. They're both working and everything. And they're just making their own way in the world. I was like, my youngest child hasn't seen her brother and sister in a minute. Why don't I get them to come on the trip as a surprise? So, like I said, I'm working all these hours, making this extra money and shit. Got him up in the group chat. I was like, then I called and I was like, hey, this is my idea. I'm taking um, your sister and, you know, Robin to Seattle for our anniversary. And I would really appreciate it if the both of you, if you have the time for it to, you know, to be away from work and all that stuff, if you can do it. I'd appreciate it if the both of you could come as a surprise for our anniversary. I was like, you don't have to worry about the plane ticket. You don't have to worry about the luggage costs. I'll take care of all of that. I just want to know if you can have the time off from work. If you have the time enough to take off from work to be there from this date to this date. And, you know, I waited a little bit. My daughter was like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. And then I talked to the boy. He's like, yeah, I can kind of do that. And which I didn't think it was going to be so much of a problem for my son because he works for my brother. <laughs> so I know I called my brother. I was, like, I was like, hey, man, I got this 
event planned for my family. We're going to do a family trip this day to this day. He's like, all right, cool. Just remind me so I don't forget. So that that was a lock for him. It was just my daughter because she works a lot and she does a lot of things. So I had to make sure it was cool with her. So they was on board, bought them the plane tickets. And, you know, we was straight. Didn't tell the young child, didn't tell my wife. So back to the room situation. I was like, oh, man, this should be no problem. And I, cause I, and I told the kids this as well. I was like, look, I mean, I, I planned this trip for just us three. And, you know, I just had this, you know, I just wanted y'all to come and be a part of it and whatnot. So it's just like, we're going to, it's going to be kind of small, you know, uh, the girl's going to have to share a bed and the boy, you're going to have to hit the floor. And he was like, all right, cool. No problem. So now fast forward, fast forward day of the trip. We leaving Thursday night. So the kid would already be out of school and she would be off from work. And the kid would only miss one day of school, the Friday, because we coming back Sunday. So I thought I booked it further enough for for enough in the evening to where my wife would have time to come home, you know, maybe do a wardrobe change. We go straight to the airport and get dressed because Houston International is a hub is a transfer hub. So there's a lot of people going on there. So you got to get there early so you can freaking get through security, check your bag or whatever it is you got to do. You got to get there early. So I thought her getting off at five and me buying a flight for 745 would work, even though we live less than 20 minutes away from the airport. So I'm doing the final checks before she get home and everything, making sure the kid is squared away with a luggage and whatnot. And then I get down to the thing because some flights are different. The last flight we had, we could take a personal bag and a carry-on. This flight, we could not. So I'm trying to get online on the computer. I had to like clutch last second before my wife get home and secure the baggage. So in my rush, in my haste, trying to get everything done, I paid for the baggage So because we, we had to check it. But I paid for the baggage on the way back from Seattle. Not paying attention, just once again, overzealous, trying to hurry up and rush and do shit. Not paying attention. My bad. My fault. So the calamities that you hear in the story are 100% my fault. But the the room situation, I kind of blame my wife on a little bit as well because I passed her the iPad and had her look over it too. But nonetheless, I'm the one that made the final plans. I was Vince McMahon in this situation and I ripped up the script. <laughs> so I damn... We rushing, we rushing. She uh, trying to separate bags and shit so she can have a carry on and get the stuff out of the bag that she would need right away. Yada, yada, yada. And it's like a circus trying to wrangle them into the fucking truck. And then we finally shoot to the airport. Then we get to the parking. Now, the parking was this. It's the stickiest of the things because it was full. So we riding around the circles. Time's ticking away, time's ticking away, time's ticking away. And I'm so just like worried about being late and missing this flight after all this fucking planning. And not to mention that the kids are flying in from Lake Charles to Houston and then they're going to go from Houston 
to Seattle. So if we miss the flight in Houston to Seattle, they're just going to be out there by themselves at the airport hanging out in Seattle without us, <laughs> you know? So all this shit is rushing through my mind. I'm just panicking, having a fucking panic attack. We finally find a parking spot. And then um, I'm not paying attention in the fucking elevator because I'm worried about the kid, the the young one, just, you know, dragging ass and shit. And I'm not paying attention in the elevator. And we go down one floor wrong. So I'm walking around the parking garage. They following me like fucking baby ducks and shit or whatever. So get back on the elevator, go up one floor, still on the wrong floor. Go up to the third floor. All right, we on the right floor. Then we got to get into the goddamn terminal. And then there was some confusion about the terminal because on the Expedia app about the flights is one gate. And then you get into the building, it's a different gate. So had to fuss with that shit. And then I get to the kiosk, check us in for the boarding pass. And they're talking about we had to pay for luggage. And like I said, I was like, oh, I paid for the luggage already. What is this bullshit? So I'm telling the attendant, I'm showing them my receipt and everything. She's like, just go to that line over there and they can get you squared away. So now we're waiting in this line, waiting to be seen. And there's buku people in front of us waiting to be seen for similar situations. Everything and like the clock is ticking. And I'm like, fuck, we still got to go through security and shit. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm spazzing the fuck out. And one of the attendants. Just happened to walk by and ask what we was waiting in line for, trying to help uh, her freaking fellow co-workers out. And I was like, I went to the kiosk and they said I didn't pay for my baggage, but I got the receipt right here saying I had to pay for baggage. And she looked at it. She's like, oh, you paid the opposite way. So on the way back, you're good to go. You just got to pay for here to there. I'm like, fuck. And then we run back to the kiosk, get the boarding pass and pay for the shit. And then now, we got to go to the motherfucking security and they only have one lane of x-ray open. One set of workers, TSA workers for all those people in the line that those two separate lines and only one, you know, x-ray security, you know, joint to go through. So they was letting onesies and twosies through holding up the line, onesies and twosies through holding up the line then by then my daughter is texting me because they landed in houston and you know this is her first time on the plane or whatever and it's just like she's like they took our bags in lake charles and we like do do we get them here in houston and take them to seattle i was like no 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 they'll they'll meet you in seattle so i'm doing this hush hush because i don't want my wife to know that they're there in the fucking airport too to go to Seattle with us and I'm trying to do this through text and over the phone they getting off the plane and everything and we still having clear security so the clock is ticking we is just damn it's, it's getting down to the wire finally somebody got the smart idea of opening another fucking lane of a uh, you know security and x-ray and all that shit so the line started moving so we get through the line and now we get to our gate, which fortunately wasn't for for uh, wasn't far from the uh, checkpoint. And we get in there, we uh, we get there as soon as they call our section. So we walk, we get to the gate and we walk straight into the plane, and we sit in there. And then I'm looking around, looking around. 
my kids, the older two, aren't on the plane because we riding the same plane to Seattle together. So they're not on the plane. And then I'm texting and I'm not getting a response. And I'm like, oh, shit. Now they going to miss the fucking plane. Heart beating on my chest and everything. And finally, they're one of the last two to get on the goddamn plane. I see them walking through the freaking cop picking and everything. And um, I turn to my youngest child. My wife wasn't even paying attention either. Because, you know, this is something that she wasn't expecting. This is something, you know, it was a surprise. And more or less, I wanted the older two to be there, like I said, for my daughter. And I was like, uh, Naya, I know it's uh, your mom's birthday and our anniversary, but I got a surprise for you. And then just as I said, I point up in the aisle and her brother and sister are walking down and they're waving and everything. And she's like, oh. You know, she gets all excited and shit. And my wife was like, what the fuck? As she kind of like you heard a little while ago. But she was like, what the fuck? She's like, how'd you pull that off? I was like, I've been plotting for a while. So now the kid is all excited. My older two are there. We in the plane. Shoot off to Seattle. So we get there late. Thursday night. We get the rental car. We go to the freaking Airbnb. So how do I, how do I describe Seattle? It's weird. It's just like at a, we got there at night, so it's kind of hard to tell, but it looked at the place where we went. First of all, it's just a cultural thing, I guess, or it's just, I don't know. MLK anywhere is the hood. So we had to exit off of MLK to get to this Airbnb. So already my my spider senses are tingling. I said, MLK, ooh, that's always in the hood, (laughs) you know? And I was like, Seattle has a hood? What the fuck? So we driving, and it's looking seedy as fuck because it's damn near, what, midnight there. And there's people still out in the streets. But like I said, they they lean into the public transit and everything. So, I mean, if you got to get somewhere, I mean, of course, you're going to be out at night because you t- you're waiting on a train or a bus or some shit like that. So in hindsight, I kind of get that. But still, it looked as seedy as fuck. And what else can I say about Seattle? They it's like. It doesn't matter if it's gone bad, they won't throw it out. It's just, we'll just paint over it <laughs> or we'll put some new shit around it but we won't get rid of the old shit. So it's kind of weird in that way as well. But this is me judging it for the very first time at midnight, <laughs> late at night, dark time. So we drive into the destination. As we get closer, it looks more seedier and seedier and everything, but it's sprinkled with modern class and everything. So it's just like old buildings, graffiti, high rise, condominiums fucking abandoned building <laughs> just trashy shit hobos they, their homelessness is another level i thought houston was bad and it, it is bad in certain spots but in seattle from what i've seen daytime and nighttime they have villages of these people there and they have tents and buildings and everything that they construct out of makeshift shanties plywoods and all kinds of manner of things they hook it up 
they have a, their own hobo utopia. And I'm sorry if hobo is a derogative term, but anyway. And, you know, we drive and we drive and we get through and we drive into this neighborhood because it's an Airbnb. So this is somebody's place and it does not look appealing to the eye. Busted down ass truck in front of the house. The streets are weird out there, like I was saying before. So it's just like people parked in either direction on either side of the curb. And it's the street is about as wide as a car and a half. So that's already nerve wracking. You can see people's rearview mirrors just shattered to shit because them streets are small and you parking on both sides of the road and you expect a full size car or bigger or smaller <laughs> to drive through this little narrow ass, you know, lane that you've created by parking on both sides of the road in both directions, which was mind blowing to me. So we pull up to this place. And we all in the car, ha ha, tee and everything. And we go down, we open the door, and I walk in. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm standing in one spot, and the couch that I mentioned, and the bed, and the kitchen is all around me in one spot. I was like, fuck. And I'm like, to me, it's like, I don't give a fuck. That's just me personally, but my wife doesn't think like me. And she's like, what the fuck is this? And it kind of spiraled down from there. <laughs> so she's like, um, can I speak to you outside? And that's when I knew this was about to be bad. She lit me up. She was like, what the hell is this? She's like, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I was like, I was like you already telling a lie. In my head, I'm saying this. I'm not saying this out loud. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck is this? She's like, you brought two more adults when it was just the three of us in this. And I was like, and I, I didn't know what the fuck to say. I was like, man, I fucked up. I was just like, I mean, and then I tried to throw that in there ever so suddenly. I was like, I mean, I looked at it. You looked at it and we thought it was cool and everything. And I tried to, you know, kind of place a little bit of the blame, but. She's like, but you invited two more adults. And then I like, I didn't really know what to do. So I got back on the thing. I was looking for hotels close to us. And I was just going to hook the kids up with a, a, you know, a hotel room for them, you know, not too far from us. And then, you know, so I sat in the car and I looked through the thing and everything because I just kind of wanted to be away from her. I ain't want to get my ass chewed no more. <laughs> And um, they was all sitting inside the little Airbnb, just chatting and everything. And um, I was like, fuck it. I found a place that was like a couple minutes away from where we were. And I told the older two to pack up in the car. I'll take you to a hotel and um, get you a spot so you don't have to be cramped up in here with us. So we sitting in the car, me and the older two. And the young one. I see her run up the sidewalk. She jump in with us because she just want to ride. And when I'm pulling up the directions to get us to where we're going, my wife come out there and she's like, so what are you doing? I was like, I'm, I'm going to get them a room and um, I'm going to come back or whatever. She's like visibly pissed. And I was just like, I I'll be back. I mean, I'm just, I'm going to get them a room or whatever. And she just started walking back down the sidewalk, pissed, 
talking black girl talk back into the Airbnb. So I take the kids out to the hotel that was listed closest to us. And once again, driving through that neighborhood to these the freaking hotel or whatever, I was like, this is some seedy ass shit. This is like, ah, nah, nah, we're not going to do this. So I called my wife. I was like, they got some rooms here, but she's like, are they decent? I was like, ah, I'm not really feeling it. I was like, so I'm going to come back there and we'll brainstorm. We'll we'll figure something out. I find something, you know, I, I said I fucked up. I fucked up and, you know, I'll fix it. You know, she's like, all right. So kids want McDonald's at one something in the fucking morning. So I had to find a McDonald's. We sit in the parking lot eating spicy McChickens and chicken nuggets and all kinds of shit while I'm looking for hotels and everything. Uh, find one with uh, enough room for five people. Reasonable price. And uh, I j- immediately jump on it. So I zoom back to the Airbnb, pick up my wife, throw her in the car. And we jet off to the new place. Check out of the Airbnb. Wasn't able to get all my money back. But I got some of it back. Which was, you know, I could have got zero, right? So, um, we get to the place. Nice place. Way better than the Airbnb. <laughs> and everything. And we just crash out. We pass out. So, that was Thursday night. Friday, we just, we had a list of places that we wanted to go. And we went for the most part, matter of fact, let me. Where did we go uh, Friday? We Friday, we went to the Westfield sh- uh, Shopping Center and everything, like a mall type joint or whatever. And we just kind of went around window shopping and everything, got food and stuff and all kinds of cool shit there. And then um, my daughter, the youngest one, the baby, she thoroughly enjoys pinball for whatever reason i took her to a um a retro arcade out here in houston and they had pinball machines and all kinds of other uh, classic arcade games you know the ninja turtle games the bart simpson game you know the x-men joints time crisis all that stuff they got all that shit in there but she gravitated toward pinball so when we was making our list of places that we want to go check out in seattle um, I found that Seattle has a pinball museum with pinball machines dating back all the way out till the fucking 1960s and I think maybe even a little older all the way up to present day. So I was like, oh, got to put that on the list. Take the kid there. So we went downtown. We went to the pinball museum. Um, they got like a little Chinatown joint around there. My wife and the older two kids went walk around while me and the young child was in the pinball place because everybody that went in had to pay and it was pretty pricey so all of them didn't want to pay all that money so me and the young one just stayed in the pinball museum and played pinball for a couple hours and then um we also went to eat at two places that we had on our list a ramen place because the young one loves ramen as well and that was and i mean these destinations was kind of picked around the three of us and the kids, you know, the older two weren't really planned to come initially. So, I mean, a lot of these places that we went, it was kind of geared more towards the young child. Cause like we have the, um, 
Seattle freaking library on here, the big freaking giant library. And then we was going to go to the Chinese garden. Then we had the Japanese garden. We had the Seattle aquarium on here. We had the, the zoo. And one of the things that disappointed me the most was the African-American museum. So I send this list to the older two kids. I was like, hey, this is a list of things that we want to probably try and check out. You know, look it over. If y'all find anything during your own research, just add it to the list and we'll all have it and whatnot. So my oldest daughter was excited to go to that. My wife was excited to go to that. I was intrigued and, you know, curious about what the freaking Northwest African-American Museum would hold for us. You know, educate us. We are African-Americans. Learn about our heritage and history and all kinds of shit like that. So we got that on the list, but we didn't go there Friday. So we go around, we ate, we went to the shopping and everything. And Friday night, we went back to the room and we watched the movies. So that was pretty much the Friday. Now, Saturday is go day. This is where I bust out all the Bruce Lee shit. So there is the Wing Luke Museum that has a Bruce Lee exhibit. And it's the only uh, Bruce Lee exhibit that's recognized by like uh, Bruce, Bruce Lee's estate. They work hand in hand with these uh, curators at this museum to do his exhibits and whatnot. And from what I understand, it's never the same exhibit over the, a certain amount of time. I think they refresh it every so often. So if I like we went here this time and the exhibit was the way it was. And the lady told us in April, they're going to change it and refresh it again. So it's going to have a different theme in April. So that's how they work the Bruce Lee exhibit in this museum. So that's on the list. And um, the way I spun it for Saturday, I was like, well, most of the places that we have on the list, you know, the museum, the aquarium and all those other places, they're all in the same vicinity of each other downtown, which is not a lie. So I was like, I figured that we can get up real early. We can drive into the city, get breakfast, and then we can start hitting up those spots. That was my plan. But unbeknownst to her, the plan really was to wake up early because I did my research. And according to the website and all these other things that, you know, at a certain time, the gravesite for Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee has high traffic during these hours, you know. So the cemetery opened up at nine and the high traffic hours were at like 1145, almost noonish or whatever. So that's when a lot of people start showing up for Saturdays. So I wanted to leave, you know, moderately early so we can get down there and deal with the I'm doing air quotes traffic that Seattle has to offer. And uh, get there. So we wouldn't have a lot of people there. She can kind of soak it in and everything, which you'll see in the video that I'll post later. But um, five motherfuckers, especially the oldest child and the youngest child, the girls are the slowest as fuck. Then the wife got to do all the makeups and stuff. So like I got up early before them. I t Matter of fact, I showered the night before because I knew we was going to have some shenanigans in the morning. So I get up 
extra early, wake the boy up. He's like, hurry up, go shower and put your clothes on. He get in there, pow, pow. But you know, this is my son. He got it. He got it down. Or he could have just stood in the bathroom and let the water run. Stanky little motherfucker. But <laughs> that's my son. I can talk about him. But um, he in, he out. He waiting on us. So I wake the the wife up. I was like, hey, we got to get up. We're going to do things and whatnot. So the young child dragging ass, the older child dragging ass, my wife doing the fucking makeup and everything, trying to look fine, which she already is, but she's trying to look finer and whatnot. So then we wind up leaving and getting out toward the um, grave site around maybe 10-ish or something like that. Almost 11, probably about 11 something or whatever. So it's it's merging in to those freaking high traffic hours. So now the when we mapped the directions it took us a different way from what we went the last time to get to downtown we went i mean just for ease of exp- explanation we went left and it took us you know overland directly to downtown but the fastest route recommended took us to the right over water and everything so the route going out was different from the one that we took the previous day and everything so she kind of was getting that suspicious eye of like, we didn't go this way yesterday. I was like, oh, this is the fastest route as recommended by, you know, Apple Google Maps. And I'm glad that it took us that way because we got to see another side of uh, that area, Seattle. And it's just like the the, the freaking the, the water and everything just going under the tunnels and over the bridges and everything. Beautiful scenery. It was very contrast and opposite of what we saw that fucking Thursday night. It was not seedy at all. It was beautiful. It was nice. And, you know, you start seeing the signs for Vancouver, you know, B.C., for Canada and everything. And that's one of the things that I wanted to do coming up to this region or whatever. I wanted to go to Seattle and drive up through Oregon and go to Canada. That was a that was another thing that I wanted to do that we might wind up doing later because now she expressed interest in going to Portland, Oregon, Oregon. So I'm like, OK, we can definitely do that. We go to Portland and we can drive up into Canada whenever they open the borders and shit, let people come through. But anyway, so we driving through, taking in the sights is beautiful. The sun is shining. It's not fucking raining because it rained all day fucking Friday. And when I say it all is always raining in Seattle. It's, it's, it's not like a downpour, like you got to fucking take cover and duck and all kinds of things. You soak to the bone. Nah, it's, it's, it's tolerable. It's like a mist. It's like, you know, a sprinkle. It's irritating is what it is. It's just like you're constantly getting dripped on and shit. Like you're standing under fucking like an icicle that's melting and it's just dripping on your head, dripping on your head. It's, it's just fucking annoying, but it's tolerable. When you visit and you got shit to do, but it was not like that Saturday at all. It was bright, sunny. It was like everything was perfect for this fucking moment. So we get there and we're coming up on to the gravesite. I see the thing. I automatically yanked the goddamn GPS <laughs> off the plug and shit so it wouldn't announce that you're now arriving at Lakeview Cemetery or blah, 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 right? So I turn into the cemetery. My wife automatically thought that I just 
took a wrong turn or the GPS sent me the wrong way. She's like, we are in a cemetery. I was like, yes, I know. And I start fidgeting with the phone because you can actually Google or Apple map your way to the memorial, the monument, the gravesite of Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee. It's, it shows up on the map if you search it. So I pulled it off. I turned the volume all the way down on the phone and I pull up the location of the, the grave plots so I can just kind of get as close as I can with the car. So in my wife's mind, I'm just driving around the freaking graveyard trying to figure out how to get out this motherfucker. You know, she's like, oh, the GPS is tripping because it has been tripping the whole fucking time we were there to the point to where I had to start using my fucking phone because the GPS in the rental car was boo boo trash and it smelled like all the weed because Seattle is a free state as far as weed goes, I believe. But this rental car smelled like all the weed. It was like the dispensary was sold out of the trunk of this motherfucker because when we got the car, I opened up the door and I said, who shit smells like weed. (laughs) You know, that was my first utterances for this vehicle. And it seemed like every time we got into the car, the weed smell got stronger. I don't fucking understand it. We went to the motherfucking Walmart, of course, and we got air freshness, all the Christmas trees. And we put throughout the whole fucking car and it did not help. I believe there was weed stashed in the car or in one of the heating elements and or in the engine or some shit. Because when we started this motherfucker, the weed smell got more and more potent every time we got into the vehicle. But anyway, I digress. So I'm driving around. I'm kind of, you know, I got the, the phone down and everything so she can't see what I'm looking for and everything. So I drive up on the hill, you know, And I parked the car and I was like, all right, get out. And she's like, what? I was like, get out. So she get out and the kids are bumble fucking or whatever as they do. They and I tell you, these three, they got together and it's like they never was apart from each other because they just like picked up where the fuck they left off. There's a fucking we're in an SUV, four doors, and they all get out on one side of the goddamn car. They don't utilize the other fucking door. Gets on my goddamn nerves. Anyway, so we get out around the car. I grab a hand and there's a hill in the, the, the plot was to the left of it. So I went around the other way because I didn't want her to see it right away. So we walk around the back half of the, um, the hill in the circle leading to the plot. And I'm holding her hand and we're walking and she's telling the kids as we walked away from the vehicle because they still bumble fucking out of the goddamn car that I love you. He's taking me off into the graveyard now, <laughs> you know. So we walking and we holding hands. She's, I was like, I love you so much. Yada, yada, yada. Romanticies, romanticies. And we get to a point to where because if you look at old pictures of the, the plot in the area and everything, it's just like it's there. But. I don't know when they made the um, improvements to it or whatever, but it's just like a concrete sidewalk leading to the area is a it's like almost it's fenced in now. So nobody's just trampling all over the freaking grave site and everything. And it's like pretty much encased around the um, the grave site. So now you just have um, 
guardrails on either side and you can walk down a pathway to the plot and you can just kind of stand there and it's fenced in. So nobody's like coming from behind the grave site to the front of it. it. Almost like you can almost form a line and take turns and shit, right? So I let her hand go and I pull my phone out and she's like, what are we doing? And I was like, walk down the path. And I put my, that's when I put my phone up and you'll see in the video later. And uh, you see her walk around the corner and look up and you can just see the instance that she realized what the fuck she was looking at and where she was. And her mouth just agape. And she's like, oh, and she just went to it. And they had two guys out there already. And she just was there losing her shit and apologizing to the people that was there observing, you know, trying to do the same thing that essentially that we're doing. And but they don't know how much she loves this motherfucker. Everybody's a motherfucker to me, so don't worry about it. So she is like flipping the fuck out, apologizing to the people because she's disturbing their experience. And she's like, just and then, you know, I'm reveling in the moment. Ha ha ha. I did well. And my kids don't know how to not step over all the fucking moment and shit. My young child is like, it's Bruce Lee. It's Bruce Lee, mom. You got to see Bruce Lee, which is kind of cute in a way. But when you say it 35,000 fucking times and then the older child is like, ha ha, you're crying. You're crying. You will know, just poking at my wife while she's hyperventilating and fanning herself and just like boohoo crying and shit, making ugly face cries and all that crap. And then my son is over there just kind of like giggling like, oh, I was like, y'all motherfuckers, man. I said, I wish I could have did this shit alone. But I was like, I told him after the fact. I was like, yeah, I just stepped all over this moment. I said, yeah, you're supposed to take these moments in, you know, committed to memory, not just be (laughs) making jokes and shit. I said, this was a great moment for her. I said, yeah, I got to take those moments in and not fucking make fun of her and state the obvious 30,000 goddamn times and shit. But still, it was still cool, though. And then my family wouldn't be my family if they didn't act the way they act. So I don't know why I was expecting anything less. So um, she kind of composed herself and everything. And um, you can look up the gravesite online and everything. There's like a bench there with some uh, words on it. I forgot what it was. And uh, she sat down on it and everything. And she just like looked at you know the plots and everything and she just kind of soaked it in and everything got a good got all her cries out and uh composed herself enough to take pictures so i took the pictures and there was some to where she still had the 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 cry face I, i i won't publish those but um she took some good ones and those pictures that i took is the gift that i just gave to her that y'all heard and everything. So I got some four by I got two four by sixes, one four by six is for her to take to work and put on a desk. Another four by six. She has a shrine up there by the movie room. It has all her Bruce Lee pictures and everything and a Bruce Lee books and all that stuff on a little table and whatnot. So I put one up there on our shrine and I printed a big ass 12 by 18 uh, 
photocopy of it for her to hang in her office. So that's what I presented to her and everything that you heard. Hopefully, I know I don't know how well it picked up, but I'll try to enhance so you can kind of hear that and everything. It won't sound like dead air and shit. So my my mission is complete. I got her to her Mecca. You know, the thing that she said she wanted to see more than anything, I was able to provide that. And I, I felt fucking great, you know. And then I got to share that moment with our kids. And they got to see that moment, you know. So, I mean, they'll maybe grow up and have, uh, you know, I mean, my daughter's in a relationship right now, but, you know, that's young. That's young love. So you, who knows how long that'll last? She's only 20 years old and shit. And then my boy is supposedly dating somebody or whatever. I mean, but it was good for them to see this moment between two people that love each other. And, you know, some of the things that, you know, people who are in love would do for each other and shit like that. So thought it was an important moment. And, um, yeah, I'm just thinking about it right now. It's, it's fucking awesome. And, um, we went found breakfast after. So after we got breakfast and everything, uh, there was a homeless man that kept walking back and forth in front of the place we was eating, doing a wardrobe change. And it was baffling to me because he walked up the block in an outfit. Then he walked back down the block in a different outfit. Then he walked back up the block and it, it was just mind boggling how he was able to do these Beyonce like wardrobe changes on the street. But anyway, after that, we went to the Wing Luke Museum to where they housed the Bruce Lee exhibit. And that was a whole fucking ordeal because I didn't tell her about this. It wasn't on our list of places to go. It was just something in randomly that a co-worker spoke about. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to Seattle. I need to look that up. So I found a place and it was a bitch to find parking there and everything. Got that snafu figured out. Then we went into the museum, which the only thing that kind of sucked about the surprise of this one. Is when we was walking up the street to the museum, they had a big window display with like Bruce Lee memorabilia and shit, which stopped her dead in her tracks. Like I'm talking with her and we walk side by side and then I look to my right and I was like, she fucking gone because she's dead pan staring into the shop window at all the Bruce Lee memorabilia. I was like, I had to yank her by her shoulder. I was like, this is why we're here. Come this way. She's like, well, goddamn. So we go into the museum. As soon as you open the door, there's a big cutout of Bruce Lee in a suit and everything. And then there's the big, like his logo, you know, him doing the flying kick or whatever. This big giant one on the wall of the second floor of the building and everything. And you could just, and she's seen it and she's like, she already knew what it was. And she just started losing the shit again. Not as much as she did at the gravesite, but I was like, yeah, bonus points. <laughs> so I damn pay for the tour and everything she got to go in there and um it was a big setup it had a whole bunch of tv monitors of him you know just training and photos and letters that he hand written to his wife and all kinds of cool shit so she got to check that out there was a 
big uh, display of memorabilia from his time on the um, Green Hornet TV series from back in the day. So they had a whole bunch of Green Hornet memorabilia upstairs. And um, that was about it. Then they had a gift shop that had all kinds of shit in there. And I spent like over $100 on books, lanyards, a T-shirt, and just all kinds of Bruce Lee merch. And then I was talking to one of the curators and everything at the museum. And they was like, you know, because he married his wife. His wife was from Seattle. He lived in Seattle for a great amount of time. And um, right down the street from the museum was, uh, you know, his favorite place to eat. And outside of the place was a big mural that they drew in his honor. It was a picture of him and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with a dragon and shit. And then we didn't go inside the place, but they said on the inside, there's his booth that he used to go sit down and eat. And they got it like blocked. It's like a display piece there in a restaurant. So we didn't check that out or whatever, but she did take a picture in front of the mural. And that's another one of the pictures that I got made for her, but I didn't get a frame. So she has that. She can do what she want with it. And, um, after that, here we are. We then dined on all this great, lustrous Asian culture and everything. And uh, it's time to go eyeball some African-American history at the African-American Museum. So we put the coordinations in, coordinations, coordinates in, and it was only a couple of minutes away. So we drive, we drive. Uh, and then we get to the place. Um, so you take the left. There's a big little stanchion sign that says uh, Northwest African American Museum. You pull into the parking lot. It says Museum Parking. And then you look out into the distance. There's this big metal art sculpture of Jimi Hendrix. And you round the corner. It's supposed to be the front entrance to the building. And if you Google map this place. Is um it looks like, I don't know, a old, old school school, <laughs> you know, and it has you know this neon light sign that says you know North Eastern Western whatever the fuck African American, you know museum. So we get there and we round the corner to go to the front of the building, and there's a dude living at the front of the building in a Winnebago. And there's a Porta John out there, and there's a, a essentially a almost a homeless village at the front of the building. And if you, like I said, if you Google the pictures to this place, it's you know it's bright, it's you know clean, and this was not that. And then all the the doors were boarded shut, and the only thing that worked there was the neon sign that said the North. Western African American Museum. So we got the fuck out of there real quick. <laughs> because there was no African American history for us to learn that day. And then um shit, what did we do after that? I think we went We tried to go to the library, but it was raining and it was a Saturday cuz Friday was just ease of use. We could have went anywhere and did anything because you know it was a Friday and people was at work and shit. But since it was a Saturday, there was people a plenty 
to where like it really had traffic that day. You know, almost stand still within the city, you know, within the city proper and whatnot. So my wife wasn't down trying to find parking and it started raining a little bit harder than usual. So she was like, fuck it, let's go find some places to go shop. So we went shop, went eat again, and then we just kind of went back to the hotel and, you know, prepared for uh, Sunday to make the trip back to Houston and Lake Charles. So we just kind of packed up and everything, got ready, and uh, we played phase 10 to end the night. And then we woke up in the morning, jumped on the planes, and then we all went home. And that was my experience in Seattle. Great place. You know, I knew two people out there that I wanted to meet, but we couldn't make that happen. Or we waited too late for one, and then the other one wasn't in town at the time. So we might be coming back to Seattle, so we can probably make that happen again another day. And um, it was just fun, you know, being with the whole family like that. You know, all the kids, me and her, together once again, we formed Voltron and everything and saved the planet. And it was uh, fun, especially for the young child. She got to be around a brother who I believe out of the three, those two are the tightest. And they just had a good old time. But it was just great to give her that moment. You know, that's what I live for as a, you know, a husband, you know, creating and providing those moments for her, you know. So now she's already talking about like, well, shit, you mean, what can I do for you other than send you to WrestleMania every year? I was like, ah, we'll figure it out. (laughs) But yeah. So that was my harrowing tale of our anniversary. And I think I'm done. I'm ready to end it now. I just I'm I'm reliving the memories as I tell them. And everything, and it's just nothing that really jumps out to me that I need to, that I don't think I've omitted anything. It's just that rental cost meant like all the weed <laughs> and everything. But yeah, um, once again, I apologize to my guest that was scheduled for Sunday night. I thought I was going to get back in town in time enough to chop up some shit. But a uh, plane was uh, arrived a little later than usual, and, and it was talking about, ah, we hungry. And so I had to do all that shit. Couldn't make it happen. But we will have guests uh, next episode, hopefully. I don't like to announce too far in advance in case some shit happened, like I did the other day, right? I said I was going to have guests, and then here, lo and behold, didn't have no motherfucking guests. But anyway, I, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed this 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 story. This uh, declaration of I love and shit. But anyway, I'm getting the hell up out of here. I got shit to do. Titties to suck, ass to slap. (laughs) Hopefully. Anyway, you can find me on social media, various places, as I mentioned before. You can find me on Twitter at 3R Show. You can find me on Instagram at the 3R Show. Find all my video content on YouTube. Search 3R Show. See my gaming clips and all that other crap on Facebook Gaming and Twitch.tv. Search for 3R Show and hit up the sponsor, Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. Get that 15% off your order if you use promo code RANDOM at HooksRub, 
Group.com. Get that 15%. Get that spice in your life, baby. And uh, yeah, we good. And I'll see you next time.